0: what's up guys welcome back to the matthew freeman show we're in season three and with episode two i'm bringing back a former guest ritz Gugiana of NutraFit and Gatati. uh last time we we talked about uh all topics but the thing that i love about ritz is he has been experimenting and training for as long as i've known him and you know it's it's like myself he often comes full circles on topics and comes to these realizations that the reality is we need to move we need to eat more eat less one of those two things up our quality and do it for the reasons that are meaningful to us not meaningful to others so that's really what i like most about ritz and i just want him to get continued exposure out here locally because He's in a phenomenal trainer. He does a phenomenal job, and like I've told you guys a hundred times, like I can't train everybody, and I don't want to train everybody. I want people to get the knowledge from educated professionals like ourselves and then apply it in their ordinary life. So it's really nice to have Ritz back on the show. If you haven't listened to the old episode, it is still the number one listened to episode on the Matthew Freeman Show. So that might be another reason that I wanted to bring him back on because we seem to uh, get the plays when he's here. So without further ado, Ritz, welcome back, man. Thanks for having me, man. Excellent. So today um, we're gonna we're gonna open up talking about like barriers to entry. In fitness, And so this could go a hundred different directions. But, you know, let's start off with just kind of asking you, like, what do you think stops people from getting started the most when it comes to health and wellness or their personal training journey specifically?
1: Mental blocks. Just probably lots of reasons, confidence issues, too many what ifs. Like, what if I don't know what I'm doing or... Would it, it's kind of like cleaning up back before the housekeeper comes. They want to get in shape before they go see the trainer, or, and they never get around to it, and uh, all sorts of reasons.
0: So you're here, right here in, in uh, Gatati on a main strip, and your place is pretty visible. Like You can't drive in this direction towards Pete's and not see the big sign that says NutraFit. When someone's driving by... And they look at it, what do you think they're thinking?
1: I should probably go in there, but I'm gonna keep driving this way. Yeah. (laughs) Or I'll contact him one of these days.
0: Totally, totally. And I understand, like, actually, we were just talking about this. There's a salon two doors down from Ritz's personal training studio, and he's chatted with the owners of the salon on several occasions and said, come on in, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But for some reason, they have yet to come over and enjoy a free experience. And, you know, I, I think, personally, I think people are intimidated, you know? Um, if you've seen Ritz before, he's a, a really fit individual, he's, he's tall, but like, he's probably one of the nicest guys. But I think in personal trainers in general, Like, it's just intimidating, you know? I think people feel like, I'll ask you, do you feel like people think we're going to judge them, you know? So maybe they avoid coming in because they don't want to, to be judged for wherever they might not be.
1: Yeah, and that's, we are judging you. That's our job. Let's judge where you're at and then get better. But it's not breaking, it's not any reflection on your personality or your work life or anything else. It's just, hey, let's check out your mobility, your strength, your weaknesses and then go from there. But people don't wanna know just how bad it is probably. So Yeah.
0: So you think like, um well it's it's interesting. I never really looked at it that way. Like we know we are judging you and you know and I I guess when I think of the word judgment, I think of I have a negative connotation with it. But the reality is, it, it's it's not negative. It's it's an assessment. It's a you know subjective and objective view based on different components, right? Mm-hmm. To kind of go, where are you today, and where you want to go. Yeah. And then let's build this path together. Do you think people feel like? personal training might be too expensive so they don't even want to go in and and be told no or um, do you think it's just people value their money differently and instead of spending money on themselves to get better they rather spend it on things like
1: I think they think that but the people you know how it is the person that wants it just spends money they don't think twice about it because they want it bad enough So it just comes down to how bad it is. And if they don't want it that bad, it's just like not having time. Yeah, you don't have time. You make time. You don't have the money. You create the the extra money for it and cut something else out that you don't need. Everyone spends money on crap they don't need. Right. So.
0: So how do you get someone that walks in the door that, you know, is a little apprehensive to invest in themselves like that? Because I think, you know, there is a... You know, there's a period of time where, like, maybe I don't value this, but then I spent a few sessions with you, and now I realize it's invaluable. So, in your, you know, experience in the past, how have you gone from someone, like, that's a little apprehensive, you know, not sure where to go with training, you spend a little bit of time with them, and you've seen them convert to, like, I can't go without my RITs. You know, and we're not talking about the crackers, but I can't go without my Ritz. Like, have you seen that kind of transition? And, you know, what do you generally do when you're training to, to hope to help
1: orchestrate that, help them see that it's actually invaluable? Just the experience. So they come in and they're fearful or they don't know what to expect. And then they come in and experience it. And they're like, oh, that wasn't bad. Like, I feel good. They worked out. They got pushed a little bit, and it's, like, yeah, it's not, like, this isn't boot camp in the military. Like, we're not – you're not a U.S. Marine. Like, we're not trying to, like, break you. I'm just trying to push you to your limit and then get better. And everyone's limit is a different, different position, but that's not the point. The point is to just grow every time. So they come in, you – I mean, as long as you're a personable – trainer and you can talk to people and give them a comfortable experience. I think it's all about comfort and people just don't, people are afraid of what they don't know what to expect and that's like anything like I've been nervous about situations that are so dumb in hindsight and you're just, just because you just don't know. Yeah. And then after you're like oh that was nothing and how many times have we told ourselves that? Oh I don't know why I was so worried about that so I think and some people, dude, some people haven't worked out since PE and seventh grade, and they're 47. They right? have, like, they're so fearful of what they're going to see or experience that they don't even want to know sometimes. So just walking in the door is like, oh, my God, I'm here. And then, uh, yeah, so they battle that, and they're like, okay, cool. And then a lot of times, some people still aren't sold, but they, like, maybe their spouse is paying for it, so they're just limping in kind of, something like that. And then after, like five sessions or so they start seeing some results and they're like hey this is getting easier like I hate squats and now I'm now they don't feel as crappy like my knees don't hurt when I do them I feel stronger I feel more solid and cause, you know when the first per- person first comes in everything's all wobbly and shaky and then all of a sudden the bar starts moving smooth and they're feeling stronger and I think that's when it clicks for people too They're like okay <clears throat> so sometimes too that's when I mean kind of pushing the conversation further down the road here, but they start to get interested in the nutrition side of things. Once they start getting some results, like, hey, can I get more results if I do the food thing? It's like, yeah, let's talk about that now. So
0: Right. So it's it's like just really about opening the book, you know, like who cares what's inside the book? We're going to get through the book, but we got to open it, you know, we got to start reading a little bit.
1: It's like you always say, uh, start simply and simply start. It's great way to think about it because just stop thinking about it just get up and move and then move a little more next week and before you know it you've strung together weeks and weeks and weeks and you're, if you keep doing a little more than you did the week before imagine where you're going to be six months from now yeah. and you're not jumping to that six month mark that's what people I think also is the issue is they see what people that are in shape are doing and they say I can't do that that's what I see all the time it's like yeah no shit you can't do that this person's been working out for ten years consistently Right, but doesn't mean you can't be way better than you were in a month, six months, a year. Yeah. So that's the other thing is getting in that <clears throat> comparison trap and not worrying about your own journey.
0: Do you think, um, you know, I mean, I, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, and I think, you know, with the boom of the Internet and online coaches and 30-day programs and 60-day programs and 90-day programs, do you feel like more people are um, – you know, leaning towards buying one of those first and trying it on their own and kind of hitting their head against the wall before they come see us at this point because it's, there's no one holding them accountable to the program. Like the program is delivered, the ebook is delivered to their inbox and you know, they're on day one of 40 and who cares if they missed day 10 through 15, no one saw, I'll just, pick up where I left off and maybe this 40-day program took me 160 days but who cares because I have no accountability and that's that's safe now if I go see a trainer I have accountability I have appointments and if I quit on myself that's not safe because I'm gonna be exposed do you think that might be contributing sometimes to like some people not coming in the personal training studio doors
1: yeah, probably. <clears throat> um, but if they are, I wouldn't know about it because they're not coming in. Yeah. But I have had a few clients that did go down that road, and then they're, they end up coming in for a trainer, which is good. Um, but I, I bet it happens a lot. I mean, it is easy to just click that thing, buy it, and then tell yourself you're going to do it and not do it.
0: What do you think of those programs? I mean, I think there are a lot of high quality programs out there that are written by high quality professionals, but what do you think of the pros and cons of a, an online, you know, hey, here's your 40 day shoulder rehab? You know, what's a pro and con to someone purchasing that? Let's say it's a well written program by someone, by an athlete or a coach that is a quality coach but what would be the drawback to buying like an in-home program
1: and trying to do that on your own any program you find was written for someone else at one point and it was a great program so they sold it it wasn't written for you though so if you internally rotate your shoulders and your pressing movements and you're not aware of that and you're doing a heavy dominant shoulder say you're doing a shoulder hypertrophy program that's Four days a week, shoulders, and now you're just grinding that even further. That issue and that there's nothing in there to know that that was an issue for you, so you're making things worse and don't realize. And then you think that program sucked, way too much shoulders. All it did is jack my shoulders up. It's like, well, what? What's the root cause for that? You know what I mean? So <clears throat> yeah, it's not. Um, and you know, there's times when it's perfect for people. Yeah. And I know people who've done like 531, Wendler's 531, you know? Super basic program has worked for so many people. It's so basic and boring, though. Most people can't stick to it because of that. It's like everyone needs some fancy schmancy thing now with just like tons of alterations. And um, so, you, you know. Yeah, I got no gains on that program. No? No. It's, it's probably not enough volume for you. Yeah, but yeah. now there's like, if you see it, it's a perfect mirror of. Society, because he has 5 three, 1, and there's 20 different models that follow that. There's like for skinny bastards, there's what else is there for athletes? Uh, I haven't checked it since then. There's uh, Triumph, Triumphant, or something like that. Uh, there's there's all these different extra ones for all the accessory work. Like there's body weight, and you do like um, there's like basically like tens, you do like 10 sets of 10 after, of like body weight squats after some There's just tons of different options that so many options it's like well the program's completely different now all you did is work up to a heavy five three or one right and then do a completely different program so it's not even five three one and so it's 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 like like,
0: five three one plus now like it's it's like plus this yeah if you want to get like and there's so many options that it's
1: like i mean basically what you take out of that is use that as your main movement and then do your accessory based off how much volume you need individually according to your weak points. But then are you being honest with yourself or do you need a trainer to pinpoint that stuff and find those issues for you? So,
0: yeah. And I I think you just hit on something that I think we need to expand upon a little bit. Um, It it goes for nutrition. It goes for mobility. It goes for modalities is you said um, that program was written for somebody, but not you. And then it became sellable. You know, and that's the same when you go to the library or the bookstore and you see all the nutrition books. Like, that was a nutrition protocol for someone, but not you. So, you might get lucky. You might go from a really shitty diet to a better, and you might have some gains because of that. But what do you do when you plateau? You know, and it's 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 interesting, but I think what you touched upon... Is that this this training thing this food thing this sleep thing this recovery thing is so freaking individualized like ultimately Mm -hmm. there are basic concepts but it's it's really individual yet people tend to flow to the the group dynamic the the programs that are written for the masses and i think that's why we look out there and we see like moderate to no results for a lot of people who you know everyone's seen the the person that's been on the treadmill for 2 years at the gym at the same treadmill doing the same thing you know that looks exactly the same 2 years later you yeah. got to say like how
1: yeah what are you doing nutritionally like you're not losing weight yeah,
0: what, what, what is it you know it's like and how much are you lying to yourself about what you're actually eating so like this is an individual thing um, and you do individualized personal training here at the facility so someone comes in and they meet with you for the first time what's your assessment like 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 what's your process
1: like how do you how do you initiate that for someone um, so first we sit down and do a consultation and sometimes i have the option for people they can either just do a 30 minute consultation and then schedule the assessment day separately or we do an hour combining the two so it ends up being like um so what i find is the person that signs up for the consultation only they want to soak up the time and talk the person who wants to do both in the same day they just want to go over their goals real quick boom on the floor and then we do the assessment the consultation though is um we sit down and talk you go over your goals, sometimes that's an opportunity for someone to, you know, spill their um, eating disorder, maybe it's that, maybe it's um, uh, an opportunity for them to tell their history um, with working out and really go through their injuries and their exact situation, just it's for them, so they tell me what's up, it's their it's their time, and then we do a assessment on the floor, and I'm just, it's a workout, but... I'm going through all different motions checking mobilities and mobilities, and um just getting a rough idea of where they're at with everything so that i can see what they need and then after that i kind of tell them like okay so this is what i'm seeing based off of your goals based off of what you said with your history based off what i i just saw how you move strengths and weaknesses you need two days a week minimum to do that or sometimes Someone literally just wants help with their squat or something. It's like, yeah, come in, come in and squat. You look solid otherwise, because I still like to double check. Someone's like, I just need help with my deadlift. It's like, well, let's double check, you know. And then it's like, okay, cool, you look good. Or, hey, I see a huge weakness in your core and here. You can do that on your own, but just so you know. So whatever it is, but it's yeah, it's just an opportunity for me to kind of um, check them out
0: physically. Then, <clears throat> so then, what would be like your like what's your ideal? client scenario, you know, like someone comes in, you know, general fitness client, you, you have identified that they need some, you know, movement mechanics, you know, um, they probably need some nutrition advice along the way. They need probably a little like guidance on creating like a roadmap outside of the work that you do with them. Um, and they want to become your client. Is the ideal situation for you seeing them five times a week? Is it two times? I know it's very individualized, but like, how do you feel you can best impact an individual that's new to this arena? Um, And what do you generally like? I feel like that everyone has like, I want to see someone X amount of times for X amount of hours. And then I feel like I can really make impact, Mm -hmm. you know, but less than that is tough. And more than that is too much.
1: So I can anyone I see once a week will get results, um, but it's gonna be faster the more you come, the more you do. So I will have beginners that will come in and they're so ambitious and they're they're like really they're actually ready to turn their their life around and they want to make it a lifestyle. They come in once a week. They're watching YouTube videos. They're sending me. They're asking me questions. They're really listening when they're in here and paying attention to how they're moving and they're doing those things. So they'll come back a week later. Maybe they only come once a week, but then I have a client like this now. She comes back. She's like, I've did. i been practicing my my wall sits. I've been doing my planks. All all her weak point training at home, she's been doing those. And then when she comes in, she's stronger because of that. And then we're progressing each week and her body's changing. She's tracking her food online. She listens to everything I say. I don't even have to charge her for nutrition and do that whole thing because I just give her some tips and she sticks to it. She doesn't need the accountability because she wants it bad. So I think for me, that's just the ideal situation is just the person that truly wants to make that lifestyle change because the people who just want to look better, they just show up and want to rely on you because it's not deep enough. Yeah. You know, it's too surface. They're just like, hey, help me look better. And then that's it. And just wanting to look a little better for most people isn't enough to stay on your nutrition day after day after day, week after week. And doing those workouts after you get off work and you don't feel like it and your trainer's are not there, like, so, um, but yeah, most of the time, I think two, two or three times a week is solid. I don't, I usually expect three time a weekers, but sometimes I get three or four even. Um, and like I said, the more you come, the better, but sometimes it's almost honestly, sometimes it's too much. Because they they start to take take you for granted, and they're like, they're like it's like you almost lose some workout intensity sometimes because they're like, eh, like the person that comes one or two times a week is like, let's go, I'm ready, I haven't, I missed you, I haven't been here in seven days, like let's do this, I'm ready. Right. The person that comes four days a week is like, oh, I'll be here in a couple of days. They just like they're in here so much they almost, yeah. So
0: so you think that's like more than more than three, and you do hour sessions, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like more than. Three times a week, they start to, it's like another uh, to-do on their list versus yeah. like a get-to-do. Yeah. When it's one time a week, it's like, no, that's the one time a week I get right. to go do me, yeah. you know? Whereas yeah. like three times a week, it's like, nah, that's another, I got I to go three times a week at some point um, for some people.
1: So I have a client who was coming three times a week, um, and then I could not get this guy to go to the gym on his own. Oh, he's excuses, you know, what not. And then I decided I don't want to wake up early on Mondays anymore. I need some more because I work half days on Saturdays. So I wanted my full Sunday and then I wanted another half day of Monday. So it's kind of like half Saturday and half Monday. Right. Um, And so I told him he was like kind of bummed out, you know, because he relies on me a lot. But now he's hitting the gym on his own. I can tell there's more intensity when he comes in. He's a little more focused and you can tell he appreciates it more. And he's paying less and coming less so it's ironic but it's like he started to realize like okay I gotta do more on my own if I want the results I want I can't just rely on him but then it gets him in a little bit of a routine so now he's going to the gym more than he was because he was three times now he's going twice on his own so now he's at four days there's more intensity when he comes in he's paying attention a little more to get, make sure he gets out of his sessions as much as he can so yeah I think there's just especially when people have the money and that's not an issue Yeah, it's like I got my trainer,
0: like you said, checklist, and then I'm out. Yeah. And that's it. I, know, I totally agree. I mean, I'm I'm go, approaching nine, almost 10 years in the industry, and I don't want to see someone more than two times a week. If they come into the consultation and they're like, I'm ready to go, I want three times a week, I'm like, no, we'll start with one. Yeah. We're going to start with one, make sure, like, you still feel like – I'm a good trainer for you, and I'm gonna make sure that I feel like you're a good client for me, Mm because not everyone's a good fit, you know? And let's do one a week, and if it's going well, then we can talk about a second time a week, you know, um, if we need it, but you might find out, you might not need it. And so I kinda always like push back for one time to start, earn two, and then no more than two, because I've, I've had the same experience with you, is I had an athlete started at one, earned a second, begged me for a third. I said, no, 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 you know? And it's like, I don't wanna do, you know, three. And then we cut back to two. And I feel like the the two times we get so much out of it. And and this this individual is doing so well and like hitting PRs left and right. But outside of me, they hit three other training sessions, you know, and it's like, when you're with me, we're gonna focus on your weak areas, and when you're out there, your job is to move and have fun and stay injury free. Mm-hmm. And it's led to like, like, some some really good tangible results. You yeah. know, um, I have a, I have so many of those stories. You know, it's like two yeah, times with awesome. me, then two times at CrossFit, and then hike. You know, one day a week, and yeah. it's like boom, the weight's coming off. But it's like. <clears throat> I've had I when I started my career you know when we're trainers we have no clients and no money and we're trying to build and so it's like cool I'll take you four times a week and it's like man when they quit first of all it's like 25% of your income and you're like shit you know but the other flip side of it is like four times a week like like you said it's like it becomes like a to-do list Uh, you know they start to you start to see them so much that you get to know them so well that yeah. it becomes too, too friendly yeah. versus For like sure. instructor, student yeah. you know, and it's and I'm not saying you can't build relationships with your client you can, but four times it's, it gets to be too friendly it reminds me of a I, I don't know if you experienced this. When I was a, a kid, um, my buddy Corey would come over during the summer, and he'd stay the night like four nights in a row. And somewhere around like the third or fourth day, we'd start fighting like crazy. And yeah. my mom would be like, "Corey needs to go home for a couple <laughs> days, and then come back." Yeah. I don't care if he stay two days off, and then he can come stay the night again. No big deal. I understand it's your summer; you guys want to have a good time. But he needs to go home for two days. And it was because we just spent so much time together in a short proximity that there started to be a butting of heads. Right. You know, I think that happens with clients when you yeah. train like more than three times a week.
1: Yeah, I don't want to get sick of seeing you either. Like I want to be excited to see my clients. I'm finally getting to that point where I'm like, I dig most of my sessions now. You know what I mean? Like before it was just like, I feel like that was like there was like two and then the rest were just like oh this person again and it's not always because you don't like that person it's usually because you see him too much or you yeah, you get too friendly and then it's like it's just too much it's not even a, like it's like now I feel like I'm not you're coming in to like for me to entertain you I want to train you yeah like, this is my passion this is what you pay me for let's do that and stick to that so
0: so you consider yourself a teacher at heart
1: a teacher more than a coach you mean
0: I think coach and teacher I I think are interchangeable so I know we use the word coach but what I'm hearing you say which I'm not going to put words in in your mouth but I'm hearing this from a lot of trainers lately that I've been talking to like I want to train the people that are motivated and want it and what I hear is I want to train the people that have a desire to learn uh and are eager to put in the work behind it Yes, which is like I want to be able to teach. Yeah. And then I want to be able to help someone that wants to be able to learn, notice how much they're grown. Right. You know?
1: You know what? I have this one client that um, she comes in and it's like, I'll tell her something, and she's looking me in the eye, she's listening, and she goes, okay, so you mean this, all right, cool, and then she does it, and she's like, oh my god, I felt that so much more, that's crazy, and then we're talking about it, like, you could have that same situation with another client, it's like, okay, and then you're like, did you feel the difference, like, I have to tell you and ask, I'm, like, reporting back to myself, and then it's like, yeah, like, okay, I'm, what, what's happening here, like, right. Did you take that in? Do you not care? Or are you just... And it's back to the just checklist thing. It's like they're just telling you what you want to hear. They're not listening. They're not paying attention. Or you say something and it's like they're just like, yeah, that's my coach. He's coaching. He's just doing his thing. And then the set's over. All right, cool. That's I did 12 reps. And then they go get their water. It's like there's no correspondence back after. Like how how are you not communicating after about how you felt with that? Like if you actually want to get better.
0: So let me get this teacher probably didn't resonate in the sense when I said that initially because if we think about college, college teachers sit up and they lecture to a bunch of students that don't really want to listen but what we want and maybe coaches kind of seem more one on one but it also relates to athletes and athletes that are playing sports generally want to be there you know there are the 12 year olds that their parents face them but like there's a a dialogue right it's not a monologue right and so we're not teaching for the sake of speaking we're teaching to create a dialogue so that this student can grow so much so like I mean I, I feel like I want my client to be able to leave and go teach someone else mm-hmm. what they learn and I'm sure you are like the same right so it's like yeah. I don't want you to be able to do I want you to be able to do and understand yeah like
1: there's a difference well that's I have people and they know who they are because I give them shit about it all the time it's like dude you've been with me for a year and a half and you don't know what a row is like if it's cables barbell dumbbells it a rows a row you might move your and it's like they can't it's like it's black or white it's just like all I know is cable row at 22 on that I don't as soon as it's at 24 I don't know what it, what the exercise is what's this one you right know what I mean it's like so yeah, it's getting, and that's, you know, some of that could be my fault. It's, it's, um, it's communication, there's a lot of that. And you got a lot of different personalities you work with and people learn differently at different rates and all that stuff, so.
0: Which is part of the whole fun of our orchestration, right? Cause I mean, I don't want you guys to think listening here that like we're just actually doing a podcast about bitching about the clients <laughs> that aren't doing what we would like them to do. Cause it's really not about that at all. What what we're doing is two trainers discussing like, okay, hey, we have some shortcomings in communication if this client is coming in like this, but also the client maybe had a misunderstanding of what they wanted out of their training and they need that deep connection and why. And uh, I recently did a video for my my nutrition group and uh, I took on this new set of macronutrients for my competition and they're different every day. And it's tedious as hell. Like it's not easy to go, oh my, my macronutrients for my lunch are this, my macronutrients for my snack are this, my macronutrients for my four o'clock meal are totally different than my two o'clock meal and then I gotta do a six o'clock meal and it's, and it's literally not only four meals a day that are different, it's four meals a day that are different seven days a week. And so it's, it's tedious task. but you know what? I want to perform super well at my competition, and it's all about that competition, and so right now I'm willing to do everything that it takes to be the best that I can be at that competition. Which one? Uh, I'm doing a three-day competition in uh, Sacramento. It's a CrossFit team competition with three other people. I don't want to let down my teammates. It's uh, June 28th through the 30th. It's called the Northern California Classic. We don't know the workouts till the day of. They don't tell us. We only know that we're going to be doing a 5K because they they did a real cool thing. They opened up a 5K to the public as a fundraiser within the event. Hmm. So, like, we're doing the event, but there's also public people that can come in and run and earn money for a fundraiser. So, I'm, like, so laser-focused right now on sleep and recovery and training. And even to the extent that I'm eating, you know, some foods that I don't normally sit well for health purposes, but it's all about performance right now for me. And then as soon as that competition's over, all of that might change. Cause I'll be like-, like The carbs you were saying? Yeah, like additional carbs, that don't you normally sit well with me, but like as soon as competition's over, it'll be back to like, okay,
1: now I just want to feel good and What if you, uh, you uh, kind of cushion them around your workout more? It's- that All
0: that's healthy? been helping. Yeah,
1: it's quality.
0: Quality has been helping immensely cutting the caffeine has been helping immensely so like those you know few things and and you know i guess why i brought that up more than anything is just like when you really know why you're doing something like like you said earlier you make the time you figure it out you do it and it's all an experiment this could go entirely well or it can go entirely bad but that's the only way we learn and grow and the clients need to come in and you know understand that it is an experiment. It's not a magic pill. Right. It's like we have knowledge and we have some guidance and we're going to create a plan. Oh, and sometimes you have to change the plan. Yeah. It wasn't working. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy like that. So, what uh Well, let me ask you this question. What is one, can you describe like one client that you've worked with without mentioning their names and stuff that like was so uplifting to you? Like it was just like the the ideal situation, what kind of went on, what kind of training they got and why, why you were so proud of that situation.
1: Um, sure there's more for sure, but um, the freshest one is Amanda Chimina. She's got her first bikini competition tomorrow. And this girl, I, I love it, freaking love it, because I can use her as an example. She doesn't have the best genetics. She has the willpower and the drive. And that's just like, like, it shuts down every excuse about nutrition because it's like, no, look at her, look at her starting point. She wasn't genetically gifted, but anyone can get lean if they want to, you know Um, So she started As a heavier girl and she came in Probably a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. I can't remember the timeline now Um, And just training and we did some nutrition here and there and she came to me and God I was trying to remember earlier Maybe it was as early as September, October. She said there's a um bikini competition uh May 24th. I want to do it. And I was like, "Really?" She's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Let's do it." Cool. And I was like, "Okay, so let's I was like, we'll start dieting January. We're going to do like a pre preliminary diet to kind of um set you up for that. And then she started started at it. This girl hasn't veered off one day. Stuck to the plant. No matter what I ask of her. Up your protein to 175. Okay. Sorry, this is going to hurt Amanda. Lowering your carbs down to 75 for four days. Okay. Never a complaint. Never an issue. Just wanted to be at her best and she trusted me. And that's the main thing is like um, hire someone that you trust. You know what I mean? Like if whoever's listening, it's like, yeah, if you don't, if you don't like my flavor, like you were saying, like you don't like how someone puts information out your posts. Today or um, it it that's fine. Just find someone that you trust and then stick to them. Quit because I've had people get nutrition with me and then they're going off. What are you doing? Well, this guy said to eat oatmeal after my workouts. So like, okay, you're eating extra carbs now though. Like, just stick to the plan. You know, right? She hasn't veered off at all. She's it's made it so easy because I try something. Okay, that didn't work. Scratch that. Let's go back to this. It. But when people aren't sticking to it, and it's like, you're making this really, I don't know what's working and what's not, because you're half-assing everything, you know what I mean? And um, the way I've seen her confidence change, and it's just a lot deeper than the physical results, and uh, she's proud of herself, and it just feels so, uh, uh, what's the word? authentic you know like it's just like it's like yes like this girl's so happy about what she's done and accomplished and this is going to go with her through her life now now she's going to believe she can do all kinds of stuff and so yeah so i think been really proud of her for sure lately
0: yeah that's awesome man like taking someone to their first bikini show i did that one time as well and um man that's that's scary for them and it requires a incredible amount of work and it's like the the night of they're so smart i mean nervous as heck but when they're done like it's it's more than prancing around on stage it's like literally i just showed myself that i could commit to myself and honor myself and and honor my promises to myself for the last nine months you know or, or a year or two years and you know how many commitments have you made to yourself and broken in the past Mm -hmm. and now you just, you just did it. Yeah. It, I think so many people veer to like bikini and bodybuilding. I know this was my own personal experience as well, because it's like, if I'm going to stand on stage in front of people, I want to bring my best and guess what? There's no margin for error. There's Mm -hmm. zero zero margin for error. Yeah. So I have to be perfect. And if that means I need to flick two grains of rice off my bowl because that's what's gonna take to get the grams down yeah. i'm gonna flick the two grams yeah. of rice off of you know off yeah. the bowl at, and at the least to know that you,
1: know? you tried 100 percent, and did everything you could the other thing that she <laughs> the other day she comes into my office and goes um uh she's like yeah she's like it's so weird that it's almost done like I've been focused on this and preparing and excited, and it's like so crazy. That it's just almost done. I was like, yeah. So there's a thing called post contest blues. And she's like, yeah. So what I want to talk to you about is my next goal because I want to I want to walk off stage and be and like you know celebrate the night and the next day. But then I want to get refocused and um, get going towards my next thing, not necessarily dieting again or whatever. But she's like, I want to have something down the road that I'm like already kind of anticipating and working towards. And I'm like, you're so smart. Like I didn't, I, I was an idiot. I just went and gained 20 pounds the next day and was like, Oh, what's life? You know, like I go into the gym, like, Oh, this sucks. I feel like there's no purpose in my workout. So I made that mistake and I'm like, damn, you're just killing it everywhere. So I'm pretty sure I ate
0: two pints of coconut bliss every night for like 20 days in a row. What's that? Ice cream. Coconut, coconut bliss, bliss ice cream. I think I ate two, two. Wait, pints is that, of that it. soy milk stuff? It's coconut. That's oh. why it's called coconut bliss. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I just thought it was coconut flavored. <laughs> you know, it's like the the uh, soy. They have the what rice dream, and then they have the soy something, and then they have coconut bliss, oh, gotcha. and, and then uh, yeah.
1: see that stuff messes up my stomach more than just regular ice cream. It's like the. Um, let letigen or, letigen oh, or lecithin? Oh, lecithin. Yeah, yeah, that stuff thickener. jacks me up. I don't know what it is. I can't drink almond breeze, but I can do the um lactose free milk. It's fine. Like
0: lecithin acts like uh, guar gum. Yeah, and uh, I think carrageenan is different, but they're all like thickening agents. And yeah. like some of them, but don't get me wrong, man. It it messed my stomach up too. Oh, yeah. But I was just on like. You know, yeah. I, I never even stepped on stage. I mean, I guess it's, it's a, a point to say that because um, I realized it was for me the journey of can I honor a commitment to myself. And so for two years, I built my, you know, I gained weight and whatnot and then cut for it. And it was honoring the commitment. And for me, I never really cared about getting on stage. I just wanted to see if I could take my, my body there, you know? And yeah. Sometimes I'm like, shit, you got all the way down to it. Why didn't you? But, like, it's just never even really been appealing to me. I think that was the first time that I actually was like, you did this for different reasons. That doesn't bring you joy. And you don't need to bring do anything that doesn't bring you... Like, it's okay to say no to things that you don't want to do. Like, yeah. don't say yes just because of the pressure, you know? Dude, uh, I think
1: I would... I, yeah, eh, I don't know I still think it's kind of funny just like when I because I always think of it now is like I'm comparing my body to other males and getting judged by people and telling me if my body is better than his I'm like this sounds like a beauty pageant or something this is stupid like it seems more of a feminine thing is what I'm getting at which yeah. not to hate on anyone because I still watch like Mr. Olympia and think it's cool and stuff but I just for me when I'm I'm like this doesn't feel natural this feels like I'm forcing it um, but I think because I was telling Tara how it works, like the pre judging and then the night show. Right. And she's like, "Wait, they don't do the?" I'm like, "No, they do the. They come out to the song and all that. At least the bodybuilders do. At night, in the morning, it's just the poses, the um, mandatories they call them. And it's quiet room if you've been to pre judging before, and it's just they're just they're judging them, and that's pretty much when they win the show and make their they just make most of their decision right then. And she's like, "Well, that's stupid." So I was like, "Yeah, well, it's a night show. It's a show for the audience at night. So it just kind of sucks for the competitors that they already kind of have an idea if they won or lost, and then they have to go and flaunt it after being some of them like, crap. Yeah, I, think I lost. You know,
0: like I just want to eat right now. Yeah.
1: So I think that part didn't appeal to me. Like if it was just prejudging, or if that was the only judging, I think I would probably compete more. I don't know. Yeah. It's just also just yeah. I don't who knows? Yeah, it's it's too subjective of a sport.
0: Well, speaking of that, so, so let's, that's, that's a good segue. Um, we were talking before we got on the mic a little bit about where you're at currently. Um, the last time I actually had seen Ritz, we, uh, I had invited him to play on our rec basketball team on Sunday, and about... 45 seconds to a minute was it 45 like a minute and a half
1: into the game i think there was like five possessions
0: yeah so it was like literally 90 seconds into the game or so he went up for a rebound and next thing we know we hear you know this ah i think i i think i dislocated my knee and then he's just laying on the ground and then he went out in a stretcher and so he had to have surgery and he's in the middle of rehab How's that going?
1: It's going great. I mean, I have nothing to compare it to. It's my first knee rehab, but um, knee-hab, I've been calling it. Um, Yeah, so ruptured the patellar tendon, some other muscles tore inside it. Um, They said it was pretty bad. Like it was, they had to, um, they put a skin graft in there. So right here, you can literally feel that on the right side for people that can't see. Um, It feels like cushiony and he said he described it as, like, almost like a – it looks like a piece of tofu, but it's skin. Like, so that's under there to kind of, like, help, I guess, mold the tissues back together or whatever. Somehow it's strengthening it. Um, but, yeah, it just looks like a ugly – like, it looks like a water balloon. It's just ugly. But, um, yeah, it's coming, it's coming along great. Uh, I went to the doctor, let's see, last week, and he basically told me – he was like, so I was supposed to be wearing a brace and up until my appointment at six weeks and that thing was falling off. Like I put it on 30 seconds later, it'd be at my ankles. And I was like, screw this thing. So I stopped wearing it and I was like, it was hard to walk at first, but I started getting stronger. And then uh, I started working it more and bending it more. So I went in, he said, let's see how much you can bend it. And he's like, well, I was supposed to put your brace, I was supposed to set it so you can move to 60 degrees. You're not wearing your brace at all now, and you're at 95 degrees. So he's like, I don't know. He's like, I guess you're good. He's like, just keep doing what you're doing. I'm not going to send you physical therapy. So I was like, okay, cool. I guess I'm doing exactly what I should be doing then. But um, what's crazy about all that is just like, it's like I got healthy fast because I was moving it. That's it. I was being smart with it like if something hurt a certain movement I wouldn't you know do that but like literally like society sets the bar so low because ah, no one's going to move let's just lock them in a brace for eight weeks and there's the thing that bothered me was there's no like there was no like individualized circumstances as far as like the recovery like they it's weren't like, like the standard recovery exactly they just like so I don't know but um yeah, so I kinda of just took matters in my own hands but and listened to my body and stuff, but um, yeah. Motion's lotion, man. You gotta move. So yeah. it's been yeah, I'm I'm getting back to like squatting. Um I've been riding the bike again. Um I got I'm up to like three minutes now without pain, so Nice. Yeah. And now that I'm squatting and doing the bike, it's gonna recover hella fast. It was just I was in this weird phase for a little bit where it felt like it wasn't getting better, like for like a week and a half because it was like, it needed that next push, mm-hmm. I think, you know.
0: Well, so when you say squatting, just for the listeners, are you squatting under load, or? Uh...
1: Yeah, so I, at first I was doing bodyweight squats, but it, it felt like, and my goal originally was like, okay, I'm going to do 20 and then add five each week. And, but it just felt like it wasn't helping. I was like, <clears throat> and um, from the research I've done, the only way to really break up scar tissue even though massage therapists will claim they can break it up is through eccentric loading. So eccentric, when you guys are lifting weights, imagine a bench press, eccentric is on the way down. So imagine you have scar tissue in your chest muscles. Once you load up some weight, that eccentric loading on the way down could break up that scar tissue if you have any in there. A massage isn't, it's not enough to get in there. So um, I kind of took that information and um, I started squatting down to a box and um, this is where you kind of have to be intuitive and have some sort of, I guess, experience with this stuff. But the pain felt like it needed to be worked. You know what I mean? Like I was feeling it weak in there and there was some pain in here. But after it like feels stronger every time I push it further than it had. But then for some reason when I do deadlifts, it doesn't like it. So I, can deadlift, I can't deadlift 45s, but I can squat 45s. But the squats I'm doing is a box squat. And that
0: makes kind of sense too, right? Because that's a centric load uh, when you're squatting, but it's it's more it's right, a concentric,
1: concentric load yeah. on the way up. Yeah. So the, but um, on the box squat, I'm sitting back, so I don't have that forward knee drive really. Uh, that's true. So. You know what I mean. So yeah. if I can do stiff leg deadlifts, fine. Which is fine because that's a harder motion anyway. So I figure. I'll focus on that get those stronger and then yeah but this whole thing has just been all mental you know it's just um, injuries and from the beginning I said I'm not tripping it's fine and it's like injuries suck ass nobody wants to get injured it sets you back it prevents you from doing I didn't want to walk around in a brace but it's like hey dude you're not gonna (laughs) it's done now so you got to deal with it so the only way to do that is to stay positive and focus on the things you can improve. And my upper body, my whole goal was like I'm gonna get my arms bigger, and, and I've seen change in my body. I legitimately made that happen from just hammering my upper body since then. Let my my legs aren't taken away from any recovery, so that's been kind of nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, nice. Um, and So it's like, and it's been how many weeks? Um, Tuesday will be seven weeks. Okay. Sunday was from the accident.
0: Yeah. So. Like seven So we were talking offline. We're going to wrap this up. we got about uh, 10 minutes left. Um, So we were talking offline about, well, let me just preface. Ritz had been training for powerlifting before that, kind of bulking up, you know, getting bigger so he could compete. And uh, we were just kind of talking offline of how he's kind of come to this realization that he just wants to eat the healthiest version of how he chooses to eat, to feel the best that he can be. And when he competes again, he'll compete at whatever weight that lands him at and be the best at that weight, rather than trying to put on an extra 20, 30 pounds, which he knows would make him stronger and lift more, but at what sacrifice and moving into fatherhood and a few other things, it was interesting to hear him say, and I'll let you kind of say it. But just to, to eat because you want to feel good versus eat for the specific goal of, of growing. You know, and I think you said it more articulate. So like, you articulated that a little bit better. But what was that realization that you came to that we were discussing offline? Because I think it's important.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you said it. I don't, I don't even remember what I wore yesterday, so I'm not sure what I said exactly. <laughs> but um, something, yeah, like. I, I want to eat for energy now because I've just – basically what I was saying is I do have the fast metabolism. So it's – people often will be like, oh, you can eat whatever you want. must be nice. And it's like, yeah, I can. And it's kind of sucks because then it doesn't force me to eat well. And <clears throat> when people – now I'll sound like a hypocrite here because I do tell people often it doesn't matter what you eat. You can lose weight. And that's absolute fact. It's calories in, calories out. So when people tell me like, "Oh, bread makes me fat no, it doesn't. it makes you feel like shit. it may make you bloated, but it's not you're not gaining fat cells because you had bread. you know what I mean you might have some inflammation, whatever, but it's not fat like you don't the only way to gain fat is to be in a surplus so <clears throat> but anyway, my basically, I just all of a sudden was like I, I just want to eat to feel good. So I'm kind of going back to a bodybuilding style diet where I'm eating a little more frequently and eating before I get hungry. Because then I eat a good amount. Okay, meal's done. I'm not thinking about it. I don't... Because yeah, I kind of feel enslaved to food because I'm always like, oh, what sounds good. And then I'm like eating this massive meal and then I need a two-hour like nap after, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's just... It's, it's, it's both. Like, you need to enjoy your food here and there, but um got a I probably was wasn't getting a, is as much uh, nutrients and quality as I should be you know what I mean so yeah. um but the motivation is coming from energy and just feeling good and it'll help me stay leaner anyway which you said weren't you trying to get bigger though and it's like yeah but I'm I think that just doesn't matter to me I guess as much now comparing yeah yeah
0: you know? no I think you know and I think I don't know, I'm not going to put this you know, but when we get injured, it gives us time to kind of sit back and kind of evaluate what it was we had been doing and maybe kind of go, all right, different approach for different reasons, for yeah. different purposes. It slowed you down enough to like kind of go like I was going hyper speed at this goal, yeah, and it wasn't wrong, but Maybe it wasn't necessary at the yeah. same time, and I have a new viewpoint, and I'm gonna kind of approach it from this angle now that so I've the had opportunity.
1: The other thing, there's a few things I I had been wanting to get back into playing ball again, and then I played, and this happened, which sucks. But it was kind of like, okay, dude, you need more athletic training in your training. Like, and when I'm 240, 230, I don't feel like doing that. So I want to feel light and just more energetic, anyway. And get some more athletic training in, which doesn't mean I need to be lighter, but it kind of feels like it goes hand in hand. You know what I mean? Um, and the other thing is I initially started to lose weight to help the knee heal faster. Just intuitively was thinking, I feel like if I don't have as much weight on the knee, it'll heal easier. So that was kind of my approach there was like, I'm just going to let myself lean up a little bit to like help that yeah. Maybe heal faster, you know? And then, yeah, I started, then I I went from just, like, not stuffing myself to, um, and that was working, obviously. I know my body. I can just, as long as I'm not eating when I'm not hungry, I'll lose weight. So that's always my first section of when I diet. And then I started, like, cleaning up my meals, eating cleaner, and I was like, God, I have so much more energy and feel, like, just not lethargic after i eat this is what i need to go back to so yeah yeah and it, it's like it sounds like yeah no shit but i've gone through so many cycles of eating through and i'm sure you have too but it's just like like you were saying going f- full circle is just like i used to eat like this for results because i thought it was the only way to get results and then i was like i don't need to eat like that screw that i can eat whatever i want and get results but now i'm coming back to the original because of the quality it makes me feel better and yeah. I appreciate that so much more now than when I was 23
0: totally I mean and it's physiological like digestion takes an enormous amount of energy so when you eat a huge meal like that of course you get tired and need a nap because yeah. your body's expending all its energy trying to process that you know Onslaught of, of food, you know, when you eat a little more frequently, your body can deal with it. I mean, you would never shove like a hundred logs at a time in a chipper shredder, like it would get clogged, you know what I mean? It's like you put yeah. a few in at a time and it efficiently shreds them. Yeah, and but, it ends up
1: being faster. Yeah, if you do a few yeah.
0: just a few at a time and, and at the speed I mean another thing is I, I, you know how many paper shredders I broke because I was being like impatient and shoving too many papers in it and yeah. then it's like it burns out but it's like if I do a few at a time it's like ring ring yeah. ring you know and it's like the shredder stays going so I think our, our bodies are a lot like that and you know it, it's a good way to think for, about it. For different people, you know, quality matter matters more, you know, because we don't have that, that kind of metabolism, and some it matters less. Um, but it always matters because I think when you eat higher quality, I think you always feel a little bit better. But bad quality, you just might not feel shitty. And right. so you don't know what better feels like because you don't feel bad. The other so thing is like,
1: we're so – our bodies are just adaption machines. So a lot of times – your normal is shitty
0: and you don't realize that. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm -hmm. Well, man, dude, I always love chatting with you. Uh, We could talk for hours. Like we've always said before. And uh, you know, we hope that you got something out of this today from, you know, our little back and forth. Uh, This is kind of what we do when we get together. But can you tell us uh, one more time? Like how do how does, how do people get a hold of you? What are you doing right now? What's, what's popular um, and, and what's the best way for them to reach out?
1: Um. Usually on Instagram, I have two. So my my personal one and then the NutriFit one. Sometimes I even get confused by my own actions on there because I'm like, what page do I post this on? But basically, my personal page is just it's ritz. It's even if there is some coaching on there, it's it's you know it's just that. Like I use that as my filter-free page, and it is what it is. My NutriFit page, I try to just keep it to clients. Um, I'll put, I'll put, you know, and then if it's advice or stuff like that, it's, it's via a client or something like that. So, um, but yeah, just DM or, um, my phone number is on the door of my gym or it's on my, I think it's on my Instagram too. Someone you can text me. I don't care. Excellent. So, So
0: I'll put all that in the show notes just so everyone can have a one safe place to find it. Um, if you are in, in Gatati, I mean, and you are looking for a personal trainer, like I said, Ritz is a, a one I would recommend. And, you know, I don't just recommend any personal trainers, and that's why I'm here doing a second show with him. So hope you guys got a lot out of it today. Ritz, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me, like always. Always a good time. I hope you guys enjoyed the show, and until next time.